Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with president of Dalila Associates, Ed Dalila. He joined Dalila Associates in 1995 and was named president in 2000. Taking over from his father and founder, Michael Dalila, Ed transformed the company from a traditional advertising and PR agency into a digital-centric growth center for B2B brands. More than tripling in size as it enabled a growing clientele to drive sales through the successful execution of brand-based marketing. He's got a lot of great stories. Enjoy this interview. At any rate, Ed, it's great to meet you. Thank you for and taking you. it out. And I want to begin our conversation with what we've lived through with the global pandemic. How did you make it through the last three and a half years or so, and how has it changed you? Well, um, I would say that, thankfully, we have a very great professional team here. And because of that, um, we had already something of a playbook by virtue of being in New Jersey for um, inclement weather. You know, we'll get the occasional hurricane, the occasional blizzard. So we had sort of a playbook for how do we manage the team when we have to be remote? And then um, when it became clear um, that there was going to be some form of a shutdown, um, we basically said to our team, all right, we're going to take our plan for when there's a blizzard or when there's a hurricane or when we can't get in. And we're just going to look at that extended every day. <laughs> and that became our playbook. We had also um, have a, a client uh, based in Kenya. So doing video conferencing was par for the course. So we were already familiar with that. Now, we happen to, to like... Um, go-to meeting was our sort of our go-to in terms of um, um, the the platform we used. And we've since, you know, obviously um, extended to whatever our clients or platform of choice might be. Um, so we were able to um, segue, you know, very rapidly. So I think when it was like the official shutdown day in New Jersey was maybe on a Friday, we were you know, up and running the following Monday. Wow. And by virtue of um, having a clientele that's virtually all business to business, um, they just kept rolling forward. Yeah. So yeah. we probably across those years grew by like 60%. Wow. Um, added staff. Um, you know, that was interesting hiring staff that you never, you know, actually shook their hands in person for, Two years was interesting, <laughs> but that's that became normal. And then I think what um, what's come out of this is um, tools like um, webinars and video conferencing are now um, mainstream, you know, commercially mainstream. So for our local clients, they'll like to get together in person, but they don't have to. And for those that are remote, well, no worries. This is sort of uh, the tool set of the day. So, uh, you know, we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, again, I credit very much my team um, and their ability to be agile and nimble to, um, to, to making us transition so rapidly. So. so let's get to the heart and soul of what you do on a daily basis. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders. It's career day. And one of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? So... They probably heard of, they've probably seen one of these. So Poland Spring, right? It's a water yeah. bottle. Okay. 
So we don't we don't market pull in spring. We market what we call the brands behind the brands. So we would market the company that maybe made this cap. Gotcha. Or the wrap on a pull in spring, or maybe manufactured the bottle or distributed the bottle. So we help companies sell to other companies. And usually they are in what's called the supply chain, um, providing products, services, or technologies to other companies versus business to consumer, where Poland Spring, you know, is trying to win share of consumer marketplace, you know, every day by pushing its its water product. So I don't know. It's third grade, but maybe I was about fifth grade. But was, no, 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 that that makes sense. That totally makes sense. So I'm okay. curious: when you were in the third grade, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? When I was in the third grade, I think I wanted to be a dentist, and okay. for a very simple reason, Joe. Everybody else was saying policeman, fireman, doctor. And I said, well, nobody's saying dentist, so I'm going to do that. So my only basis on that is because nobody else is talking about it and I want to be different. <laughs> That's awesome. So who's been a hero for you in your life? Well, there's been many people that I would call mentors, but as a second generation family business, um, I'd have to say my dad is up there. And um, he founded Delia Associates in 1964 classic entrepreneurial style started right out of a little side office adjacent to his bedroom and Delia Associates was born um before that uh, he he initially wanted to be a, a career navy uh guy and he um he was um uh he, he he was on a demo crew so they would they were the guys that get in the big you know those big suits back in the day the big giant you know underwater suits and you know either disarm bombs or blow them up, you know, uh, or set them. That's, that's kind of what they, they did. And he had a really bad injury, um, on a dive. He was in the hospital for, for many months and it was clear that his, um, his diving days were over. So he was, um, shortly after that honorably discharged and came back home and for a brief period of time worked, uh, actually for Avon products, but not the Avon lady or Avon calling, he was actually working in the uh, plastics and product development center, which used to be up in Suffern, New York, where they lived. And as a result, he had got a lot of exposure to companies that were tinkering with plastic packaging or plastics processing. And when he started Delia Associates, those were some of his first clients. And to this day, we still service packaging, plastics, and other related industries as a, as a legacy of that. So, I put him up there in hero status because, uh, or or anybody um, that would have the um, have the courage and the strength and the fortitude to forge their own way and start their own business. That is not an easy thing. Yeah, and he did it, and uh, and here we are today. So, if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Gosh, well, I am a um, a big fan of. Uh, comedy movies and i would say it would have to be um you know somebody in that space um uh maybe uh you know somebody uh, that's that's more of a classic or iconic uh like a dave letterman or um uh chevy chase or bill murray or those uh, of, of that genre unfortunately a lot of the guys that were my uh 
favorite comedians have passed on like John Candy, Jim Belushi or John Belushi. And, uh, and uh, uh, who's the big fellow that uh, uh, played in Tommy boy. Oh, Farley. Chris Farley. Yeah. 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 Um, But I'm a big fan of, uh, I like to laugh. I think, uh, you know, we can take ourselves too seriously sometimes in the uh, business world. So it's good to, it's good to laugh a little. Absolutely. It is. So what is your motivation every day that you wake up, you have a mission that you're trying to succeed in and and get what you want to get done. What is your motivation to do that? So our vision as a company is to be the growth center for B2B brands. And every day I wake up thinking about that vision and what we can do to better position ourselves and better deliver on our services to help B2B brands that we support and others that we have yet to support realize their goals and their dreams and their vision for growth and success. Um, I often tell my team, you know, we're a small company, we're 12 people. So 12 people can't change the world, but maybe we can help our clients do great things so that they may be empowered to change the world. And a lot of them are in very impactful ways, whether it be through sustainability efforts or through community outreach and goodwill or through um, cultural best practices to create and build great teams within their organizations. So we get a lot of fulfillment out of that. So what has been one of your favorite success stories that you've been a part of professionally? So if I look back early in my career, and it was um, midway through the, so I bought the business from my father and we were about halfway through the buyout. It was around the year, it was 98, 99. And back then, we had um, fewer clients, but they were of a larger scale. So we were doing a healthy volume of work with fewer clients. So we had maybe six or eight total clients back then that were core clients. And there was some concentration in one industry. And our largest client bought up our second and third largest client in one year. And then they decided to do an agency review. So suddenly about 80% of our total revenue was in play. Well, I was in the middle middle of buying this and 80% of what I was buying was about to potentially fly south. So I spent probably the whole summer knowing that we had a presentation in September. I spent the whole summer really building the presentation of my life. And we delivered, we delivered impeccably and uh, one of my client contacts after the presentation kind of whispered in my ear as he shook my hand, he goes, you got it. And uh, that was just a, an amazing moment for me um, to work so hard and to win uh, was a great feeling. So of all of the things that you've done so far, what are you the proudest of? What is it that stands out that you're the proudest of? Well, I would say there's probably two. Um, one would be successfully navigating the transition from one generation to the next because um, uh, somewhere early on as I was in the early stages of taking over in the buyout, um, a consultant said to me, uh, you know, 85% of uh, companies fail on the generational transition. I'm like, well, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that statistic. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Um, So I know that the, uh, you know, much like the the success rate of uh, 
brand new startups, you know, is is low. Uh, apparently, the same is true for multi generation transition. So, being able to successfully navigate that, and now we're approaching uh, next year is year sixty for Delia Associates. Uh, that's a really um, a meaningful milestone for me. Um, the other would be um, developing and launching a patented, patented uh, brand development process called the Brand Leadership Solution. So that was uh, a passion of mine, and that was a bit of a pivot of the business. Um, we were founded as more of a traditional B2B advertising, marketing, and PR firm. And I had a real uh, passion for brands and brand building. And I saw a need and kind of a gap in the uh, the B2B space that we play in where there wasn't that understanding or appreciation for brand. Um, and when I say brand, I'm not talking about the logo mark. I'm talking about far more than, than that. And uh, I said, well, gosh, if I could develop a system to help these companies really embrace the concept and understanding of brand and use that to drive growth in their businesses, that could be a really good thing uh, that could make us stand out. And that can help a lot of companies um, stand out and be leaders. And that's why we call it the brand leadership solution, because that's what we aim to do. We aim to make a leader out of every client we, we represent. So what's the best advice you've ever gotten? Gosh. So um, there was a great um, mentor to me. Um, and he wasn't even a consultant. He was an entrepreneur himself. But he took a liking to me and kind of took me under his wing. And um, at the time, the business wasn't doing very well. And he sat down with me and he said, well, let's look at your P&L. And I showed it to him. And he said, well, what's your run rate? You know, realistically, Ed, what's your run rate on sales? He says, because you can't always sell your way out of trouble. And that was one lesson. You know, you can't always sell your way out of trouble. So I said, well, here's what it is. He goes, okay, so what's your biggest um, cost, overhead cost? And I was like, well, it's in the service business, it's people. Um, so I said, I guess you're saying that I've uh, I've got to cut some staff at this moment. He said, yes. And I said, well, gosh, how soon should I do that? And he said, well, that depends. And I said, well, it depends on what? He goes, well, how much longer do you want to lose money? <laughs> wow. So I was like, when taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next day I had uh, two hard conversations with uh, two members of our team that I had to unfortunately let go. And that was kind of pivotal because, um, um, you know, I was pretty early in my career and, and I realized that I was not um, managing to the numbers as well as I should have. And that really um, set forth that discipline where um, today, every week we look at forecasts, we look at numbers, we look at um, comprehensive numbers um, every month. Um, we have a projection for the year, for the quarter, for the month. So we're far more um, numbers driven now and data driven than uh, uh, than we were um, many years ago. So if you have a dream tonight, you run into a 20-year-old version of you and you could give that young version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life. What advice would you give your younger self? I would tell my younger self that it would be a really good idea to go to work for someone else before going to work for your dad. Yeah. Because I did not have that experience. I also didn't have the luxury of time. Um, 
my dad and I, uh, I was, I was all set to take a, a, a job, uh, in a sales position. Um, and I was all set. I had the, the job lined up. I was, it was, it was outside of Philadelphia. So I was going to move down to Philadelphia, take this job. Um, one of my older brothers had a very successful career in, uh, sales based always and did very well. And back in, uh, around that time in 1995, um, the hot job was pharmaceutical sales. So, um, I didn't have a strong science background. So the only other way you got into that route was to demonstrate some selling acumen in another industry. So that was my plan at the time. And, uh, it was a Friday and my dad and I sat down and we kind of had a heart to heart. He said, I really want you to consider coming into the business. I'll sell it to you. I'll step out. You learn it. And, uh, but can you decide over the weekend? Cause next week I have some people lined up to buy the business. So I was like, oh, okay. And I happened to be um, getting together with some friends, uh, recent grads from college. And I kind of used the weekend to think about it and take stock of where my friends were. And at the time they were either taking very low level jobs or going back to school. So I said, well, here I am, I'm 20, uh, 22 years old and I'm about to pass up on business ownership. I don't think I should do that. I think I should give it a try. Um, so that's, that's what I did. And, and here we are today. But if I had, you know, the ability, if I had the time, I would have loved to go to work, you know, in another environment, any environment, just to, you know, I had summer jobs like everybody and all that, but that's not really the same, you know? So I really, you know, and I think I was um, lacking that perspective, you know, what's it like to be an employee? You know, yeah. uh, never really was one. I mean, I was, but I mean, in a family business, it's not quite the same as working for a stranger you yeah. know, and being accountable to somebody else's um, vision and needs. So if I could do it over, I would have at least taken a few years just to be anywhere else. Yeah. And then come here with hopefully a, a little bit more life lessons and knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. So Ed, everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but ultimately you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I think I'm somebody that uh, cares deeply and intently about both the work that we do, the people that do it, and the people we serve. So I have a lot of um, genuine passion for what we do here and the value we bring and a genuine passion to see this company continue to grow and move forward. So um, every day I wake up and I, I just, it seems like um, as time goes forward, um, I, I hear some people get burned out. I get more more fired up as time goes forward, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I get more excited every day about what we can be and what we can do. Um, you know, some people are scared about some of the new tools of the day, AI and the like. I think those are awesome. I think it's, um, you know, it's it's part of our industry. Our industry is in continuous change, and that's what makes it really exciting. You know, um, so we are embracing the new tools of the day, and we're we're not afraid of them. We're 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 celebrating them. We're embracing them. We're figuring out how and where they apply, and uh, you know, it's just the next evolution of um, of our business. Um, back in the day, people in this industry were more um, artisans, and then they had to become um, digital experts. And then they had to become omni-channel digital experts. 
And now with some of the, the new tools, they really have to become navigators. It's not so much about creating the raw product. It's about enabling the technology to help you make the work product. So yeah. an interesting evolution. Absolutely. So if anyone out there wants to reach out, get involved with your company, learn more about what you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? So they can go to our website, which is dalianet.com, or just look me up on uh, LinkedIn or online um, at Dalia. And uh, I'm pretty findable these days, Joe. So <laughs> I almost didn't find you in the beginning. I was like, uh-oh, is this Ed? But we found each other. Ed, thank you, sir. I appreciate your time, your passion, your story. Best of luck with everything. Thanks so much, Joe. It was great talking with you today. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs> <laughs>